You're listening to Addicted to Growth. Join us each week as we sit down with sales, marketing, and revenue leaders on the front lines of innovation. New insights, new playbooks, new tech, new lessons. Step forward into growth and development or backwards into safety and security. The choice is yours. Let's get into the show. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Addicted to Growth Show. Um, today, I'm super excited. I've been looking forward to this episode for, for weeks now. Um, but today, we have Christina Finseth, who is the lead growth marketing um, over at Interseller. So, Christina, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Kevin. I'm excited to be here. And I would be uh, amiss to say that I was not also looking forward to this. I've been looking forward to this and was really bummed I had vacation last week, so we couldn't push it up, but excited to be here. Awesome. Awesome. So Christina, just a real quick, you know, maybe 30, 60 seconds overview. Just tell everybody a little bit about, you know, who you are, your background, all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. So I'll give the really, really quick high level here. Um, my career path is anything but linear. Uh, I was in the military for four years, uh, had a really great first six years of my career in recruitment, uh, ended up switching over to the dark side, AKA the vendor side, <laughs> um, and really spent most of my time in content marketing and just really as a full, fully rounded marketer, uh, dipped my toes in sales about a year ago and kind of did this year long experiment in a full cycle sales role. And now I am back in marketing, uh, but I'm kind of bridging the gap between marketing and sales a little bit more. Uh, so I own both business development as well as all of the marketing activities here at Interseller. So that's amazing because one of the you know, one of the biggest topics that we're probably talking about on the show, um, or one of the biggest drivers to growth uh, on the revenue side, well, it's alignment. And I think a lot of companies um, are struggling with it. And are, it's a challenging topic. Um, so tell us, like, how is it? How is it working for you? What's working for you? What, what are some of the challenges you're facing right now? Yeah, well, I mean, first and foremost, you know, one of the things that I, I kind of preach and, and Dave Gerhardt, talks about this too is if you're in a marketing capacity, do whatever you can to get involved with sales, right? If it doesn't mean transitioning to sales for a year like me, you don't have to go that hardcore. Uh, but listening to demos, getting closer to the sales team. Um, and so I think what's really happened for me is I've been in those shoes now. It makes it much easier for me to align the two because I know what their motivators are. I know what marketing's motivators are. And at the end of the day, who cares about MQLs and SQLs and all of that crap? Let's just focus on revenue. And when that's kind of the common goal between the two departments, it's really easy to remain in sync with the activities that you're running. So I think right now, um, to answer your question, it's a newly created role. Uh, we did not have a solely focused marketer, nor do we have anyone in growth marketing before I uh, I, I kind of took on this role. Uh, so really my biggest challenges right now are really just building out the repeatable processes, doc documenting those, building out the playbooks so that as my team grows and as Interstellar grows, it's very easy 
to kind of plug and play with different people and have them in their niche specialties. And I think it's really impressive that you you went from sales and then you you took this year long experiment, right? Like, and I think it's cool that you call it an experiment too. Um, but you took this year long experiment to walk in the shoes of a salesperson, um, and it definitely, I think, you probably can understand the role, what they're, you know, what what it all involves. What do you think is the biggest misconception that marketing has about sales? And then also vice versa, since you've kind of seen it from both sides. Oh, that's a really good question. The biggest misconception that marketing has about sales. Hmm. I would say that, you know, first of all, I think salespeople do care about marketing more than they lead on to right? Because they're constantly needing some sort of collateral or things to support their efforts sometimes, especially in their conversations. Um, I think the biggest misconception might even be as, as simple as like copywriting. Salespeople can actually write some really great copy, um, at least the ones that I've worked with. And what I found is my copywriting for like email outreach and things like that has completely transformed in this last year from what I thought was really great marketing copy for like 300 people to getting much more pointed and targeted and personalized to each individual. And so I'll say there's a misconception between that marketing really wants to own all the copy and wants it to be true to the brand. But I'll tell you what, there's some sales rock stars out there that know how to get in front of prospects better than some marketers. So I think it kind of goes both ways. I think that's really interesting, and and I think you're we're 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 seeing a trend right now where you know marketing is probably doing diving a little bit more into sales type of activities and a little bit more involvement towards you know maybe alignment on the metrics as you mentioned really focused on revenue, and then you start to see sales sort of you know kind of blend over into uh, you know marketing activities and and you know copywriting is a huge topic that we're we're talking about and we're seeing and so I'm seeing the roles evolve pretty pretty greatly which kind of brings me to a post that you put out recently which I think you see some people really get excited and fired up on this one um, but it's where does sales development report into um, so I'd love to kind of hear you know where where did that what sparked that post uh, ideas thoughts you know any any feelings you have on on where SDR should sit uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, listen, that's a hot topic. Um, and I think it's going to continue to evolve. I mean, if you Google should SDRs report into marketing or sales, you're going to find a slew of articles and opinionated blogs and, and things dating back years. It's not like this is a historical question, but it still gets people ruffled up. Um, honestly, uh, you know, I think after posting that question, uh, and by the way, that poll now, just so you know, in case you're interested in the data here. Yeah, let's see that. Um, yeah, let me. Pull yeah, up you, some you know, data. I geek out over the data. <laughs> uh, that's that's the 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 king, right, or the queen? Um, so there's been 351 votes since I posted that last night, and I'll tell you, 65 percent of those votes believe sales is where SDR should report into. Only 30 percent believe it's marketing. Um, and I think really what my intention with that post was really uh, to get people dialoguing on the overarching question here, which is alignment, right? 
Um, how do we just get better at alignment? And so the reason I said SDRs should report into marketing, and I do believe that specifically growth marketing, um, is because there's more of an ability to help build out that process and nurture those SDRs to take a lot of marketing practices and apply them to be really great at attracting the right kind of qualified leads. People keep talking about career tracking. Well, what about SDRs to AEs? Like if they're not reporting to sales, it's gonna be really hard for that to happen. Then you got bigger problems at your organization if it's siloed to a department. If I say I wanna work in product management one day, then I should be able to go within my org and shadow someone in product management, get to know them as a mentor. So again, I think it's more about the support they would get. Let's be frank, a lot of SDRs are new to organizations, right? It's a good entryway, just like entry-level recruiters. And I think that's where they're going to get the most nourishment and sound practice that's going to help them evolve to whatever they want to be, if it's an AE or a marketer or whatever. Yeah, I, I think it's... I belong in the camp of it completely depends on your circumstance, right? It depends on the answer is whoever can support them best. Right. Yes. Um, and some organizations have fantastic sales enablement teams and, you know, sales trainers. Cause I think the knock on marketing is always, well, who's going to train them to cold call. Right. Um, yes. And, and like, that's the thing, like I get that, but it's, but if you have a phenomenal enablement team, a phenomenal training team, um, or you have a phenomenal sales leader, who's also a coach and a mentor, you know, like you can make it work. Um, but I think it just, it just matters in terms of how do you make it work for what your reality is as an organization, the resources you have, your target markets, your lead flow, you know, all that yeah. kind of great stuff. Um, was there any, any surprising opinions or anything that kind of popped up new from, from some of the responses you saw? No, I think a lot of people are pretty in line with what you're saying. And, and I definitely see it that way too. It totally depends on the structure that's in place. And listen, I know some people who have, you know, three equal departments where you have a head of sales, a head of sales development, you know, a head of um, marketing that all work really well together. And they're, they're all kind of separated, but aligned on goals and metrics. I've seen those things work. So it's, it, I think, I think what, what's interesting to me is maybe the way that we're terming SDRs or we're calling them SDRs, we're calling them BDRs. Personally, the way I envision growing out a team here at Interseller is I'm not going to be hiring for someone that's quote unquote an SDR label. I'm going to be hiring what I would call growth associates. And their sole goal is to sit on that fence of business development and marketing funnel. So I think, I don't know, I just want to flip the script on what those roles even look like. I think business development can be owned by marketing. I run business development every day, you know? Yeah. And I'm with you and I, I see the role evolving quite a bit. Right. And I think things like social are going to probably play a bigger, a bigger role or a bigger component. And that's, that's a very marketing esque driven skill set, you know? So I, I, again, I think there's, there's, it's blending more and more, which is really what's creating this need for a growth function, you know, and it, it is yeah. bridging the alignment between sales and marketing um, and really focusing on what matters. You mentioned this is sort of a new function for, for your organization. And I, I'd say for every organization out there, 
I don't know the data, but I'd say a small percentage of companies probably have growth as like a true well-defined function. I think it's still very new and a lot of companies are figuring out. What advice would you give to somebody who is either curious or entertaining the idea of, is this a function that fits within our org? Yeah, it's interesting because I think a lot of it's going to depend on, you know, there's a couple of things. Go to market strategy. What is your product? For example, um, I am friends with Terrence, who is um, head of growth at Vidyard. And his sole focus is to drive people to the freemium sign up because that's the lead funnel, right? Very different goals than what I have because we don't have a freemium model. I'm driven by different things. So I think, um, you know, for an organization who's thinking about it, I think the earlier you can adopt some form of marketing, some form of obviously formal, formal sales, some form of customer success is like this triangle, uh, go to market team, and then let those people kind of build that out from there that's golden. But I think my red flags when I'm looking at companies is when they're not bought into those components early enough. And how do you, how do you change the, the narrative, right? Like, cause I think there's, there's a lot of companies who are, you know, they've always, they've always measured MQLs, right? Like, you know, the, the typical, you know, the typical funnel, the traditional metrics, how do you start yeah. to change that, that narrative or that conversation around, no, like we just need to focus on revenue and everything else falls into place. How, how do you, how, how have you done that or seen it done successfully? Yeah. So I'm doing a lot of data tracking right now, personally, uh, on a month to month basis, just to kind of flush out and be able to reverse engineer as we continue to, uh, hire, you know, AEs who are really going to be responsible for talking and closing, um, what they can expect in the way of pipeline, uh, and what that win rate looks like from the business development function. What I found is, you know, maybe it takes being in the shoes. I'm tired of doing attribution. I'm tired of like having to say, okay, here's all our closed one deals for August. Um, Let me go through and map all the different touch points that came from marketing that could have attributed to that close along that customer's journey and tie some sort of dollar amount to it, right? So that I can prove my worth as a marketer. What's different is I'm going to get booked meetings for you. So look at the, the, the quality metric, which is if meetings are getting booked and then we're closing those meetings, that's what people should be worried about. Are we closing those deals? It really is all about revenue, not just, Hey, I had 1500 people register for a webinar. Here's a lead list. Right. Yeah. So it's just, and I think part of that might be kind of trust, right? Like to an extent in the sense of like, Hey, like marketing is contributing, but we don't need to go back and die into every little, like little minuscule detail to say like, here's what we did or here's what sales did. It's like, look, we're going to collectively work together to drive meetings, convert them at a high rate. You know, and again, you're yeah. probably going to see other things like we want to see our ACV, sales cycle, all that kind yep. of great stuff. Yep. But it's just, let's work on this together and let's equally be accountable for it. Yeah. And I think I'm in a unique position because the AEs that I'm supporting are my, my colleagues. We were AEs together. So, you know, they know what I'm capable of. They know what I've done for myself. They know what I've done for them to date so far. And I think there is that level of trust 
And so I think it takes sitting down and saying, hey, look, ultimately, I want you to close more deals. That means I'm going to take very quality driven approaches to who I'm reaching out to, making sure they're our ideal ICP, that they are the target for what we would want in, you know, ACV uh, or uh, in MRR in our case uh, sometimes. Uh, and that's all I'm going to attack, right? I'm not going to give you a bunch of fluff that you have to work through. I'll work through any fluff to see and dig if it's good enough to get to you, right? So I think there's that level of trust and just understanding that that end goal is, I know what our revenue goal is for the end of this year. I know what our revenue goal is by next August. I'm doing my part to keep that in my line of sight to dictate what I'm doing as a marketer. That's interesting. It's really interesting. And, and I think that's the that's kind of the, the, the way of the future, right? And you guys are kind of leading the charge. So, so, so kudos to you, because I love it. I think it's exciting. Um, what, what do you see as the future, right? Like this is going to constantly evolve. You guys are, I think a bit more on the, the forefront of it, but is there anything from a trends perspective, you know, technology uh, roles, definitions, like, is there anything that you kind of see as a big trend in your world that you're, you know, kind of, I don't want to say latching onto, but you think has some, some real legs to it? That's a good question. Yeah. I mean, I definitely see growth marketing and, and growth continuing to boom. We're going to start seeing that more and more and, you know, earlier stage startups. I mean, we're, you know, we haven't done any institutional funding, so we're, I would say we're early on. Right. Um, I think we're going to continue to see people adopting that. I would even argue as maybe a first hire. Uh, in some organizations where they're the boots on the ground so that the the co-founders can, you know, free up the, the, the sales that they're doing. So I think it's going to look different depending on the organization, right? And what, again, going back to what the model of the product or the service is or whatever it is that they're trying to position against. But um, I definitely think we're going to see that. Uh, from a technology standpoint, man, I mean, there's new technologies popping up almost daily, Right. Yeah. Uh, and that's yeah. something I geek out on. Uh, I constantly go on product hunt and see what's launching and, you know, Hey, maybe I should just give this a look. Um, and I've been, you know, uh, an early evaluator for, you know, things like chorus before they launched their new version. Um, I'm a big fan of having the right tech in place. Yep. Yeah. And we, I'll tell you what, for an early company, we're very buttoned up on our process and our tech and our integrations. There's a lot of companies that are further along that I'm like, no, you should have buttoned this up sooner. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's, I can't think of anything like super major, but I'm curious what you're thinking. So before I get to that, because that's kind of, it's gonna, that may pivot us a little bit. I have one, one sure. specific question in terms of what you just mentioned, because the, the tech stacks are, I mean, it's growing. I, I, if you look back, even like I'd like CMO, like just marketing tech, that, that yep. CMO chief marketer landscape is, it's just the way it's grown over the last few years is outrageous. Um, one of the things that I've sort of, I've seen over the years is that a lot of companies think tech is going to solve all their problems and simply by buying, right. It's like, Oh, we need pipeline. Let's get an enablement tool and then no one uses it. What is your number one piece of advice, tip trick for adoption of these tools? Yeah, well, first and foremost, you know, I think when you're evaluating a new tool, it's big to get a better understanding of what kind of support and onboarding you're gonna get. Because mm. 
at the end of the day, and I say this when I'm talking to customers now, yes, I can sell you Interseller, and it is a great piece of software, but I'm not going to just give you a nice car then say, all right, bye, go learn how to drive it. We're going to work through this together and we're going to dictate what goals we want to see in that first 90 days to deem that it's successful, right? And then we're going to kind of track towards that. So I think what's interesting is some people sign up for stuff. I mean, not to uh, dog on Salesforce. I love Salesforce. It's impossible to get a support person unless you pay enormous extra money to have a support person or be able to tap into it. Salesforce is not an easy system to implement on your own. And I'm sure you've you've used it. It, Yeah, I mean, there's complexity there. Um, So I think the more that they can evaluate what kind of support they're going to get and what kind of onboarding they're going to have and dedicating at least one, maybe two point people within the company to kind of own that. And then they can kind of be the facilitators and enablers internally that that's golden. Uh, you should be able to go to any organization and be like, okay, who is the chorus expert? Mm-hmm. Oh yep. man. Yeah. Brady is all about chorus. Go talk to him, you know, those kinds of things. So I think, uh, don't just buy tech randomly because you know, it's good. And, and you just want the label of like using something like outreach or Salesforce go into it, knowing that you need that extra support and what are you going to get from them once you sign the contract? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great point, you know, cause I, I'd love to get a sense of like how much money is just wasted on poor tech implementations, like poor user adoption. Yeah. Cause some of these tools, they're not cheap, right? Like they're not cheap and they can be so powerful and so great if implemented properly with proper adoption and usage and support and everything. So, um, but to not to completely dodge your question, I was just very curious about adoption. Um, but, but in terms of some of the trends that, that I'm kind of seeing or thinking about growth, this is a big one for sure. So I totally agree with that. Um, one of the things that I've been, I've been talking to folks a bit more about is sort of the sales, the, the buyer experience. So not so much the journey, but the experience of what is it like to go through a evaluation process with your company um, and to, and, and your customer experience of again, support onboarding and, and what that is. So I think, I'm seeing companies focus a lot more on experience than, than again, than like your static MQL to SAL to SQL type type stages. So I think that's a big one. Um, but one that I'm very, very curious and excited about is this sense of community, right? And you're seeing a lot of these yeah. communities um, pop up. And um, besides for having a full-time job at Interstellar, you're also head of growth for Rev Genius. Yes. Which so I'd love to kind of hear. It is. It is. So I'm a member. Um, I joined, I think, maybe a little over a month or so ago. And that's how, how you and I got connected. And I got to, to chat with you a little bit. But um, tell us a bit about what's going on with Rev Genius. Oh, man. What's not going on with Rev yeah. Genius? <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like I kind of have two full-time jobs. But, you know, at the same time, I really love what I do. So that obviously plays a factor in it. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, Rev Genius, we've been around for less than three months now, and we just hit 4,500 members today, which is wild. Um, is wild. And honestly, 
it's all about fostering member-led growth. You know, if people feel like it's a value to them, they're going to go tell their networks. They're going to go tell their friends. They're going to go tell their family. And my job is to help make that as easy as possible for them to do it and tell the story. So um, something's coming out officially on Monday with that. Uh, I did launch a official ambassador program, which is going to be pretty darn cool. So not all the growth will be on me. Uh, but yeah, I mean, listen, it's uh, what we call the alt work family. They're a group of revenue generating, marketing, sales, and RevOps folks. Um, and I'll tell you, it couldn't have come at a better time with COVID and a lot of us working on islands and, and not necessarily feeling connected to people instantaneously changed my mindset when I joined. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's... It's, I mean, I, I love it. Um, and just my experience and exposure so far, I think it's been, it's been great. I've connected with some, some great people, um, learned a lot from some great people. Um, but you know, also, you know, the, you know, seeing like Thursday night sales be associated with it and some of the conversations there and, you know, it's like, it's, it, you're, I think the timing of this is, is unreal. And so I think communities are going to continue to grow. Um, yeah. is it going to become a really competitive space? Do you think? There's already some com competitors in this space. Um, and I think honestly, what it's going to boil down to is what kind of value people get out of it. And it, it's not going to be unheard of to be a part of multiple communities and then figure out which ones you gravitate towards, right? Um, what I think is interesting, and, and this kind of goes maybe into the trends a little bit more, is organizations are going to start leveraging communities like RevGenius more to funnel in like sponsorship dollars um, to use as more of an acquisition strategy and uh, awareness strategy, especially if they're selling a product or a service that's, you know, the buyers are sales, marketing and rev ops folks. So I think we're going to see a, a pretty unique shift in people allocating their marketing spend in, in different ways than traditional. Uh, and I'm not a big fan of like, you know, PPC or really paid ads. Um, I think they're somewhat of a waste of time depending on what you're selling, but I think we're going to see a shift in that. Yeah, no, I see it. I think that's going to be interesting. And do, do you think, so go back to the days of, you know, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to hire this person because they were at Oracle, right? Like they had that, that stamp almost. Right. Um, do you kind of see that there's going to be this, badge of honor of being a member and, and what that means and being associated with a community like Rev Genius? I think so. Yeah. I mean, if you look at some of the other communities, there is a certain uh, reputation that comes along with being, being a member of one of these. And listen, some of them you have to pay. You know, what we're trying to do is keep it free, you know, for members. Um, because honestly, I mean, we have roundtables, we have, you know, workshops that are coming up, we have a mentorship program. Um, we have the ambassador program that's starting up, which is a huge incentive program for uh, people to help us grow. Uh, I think we're just going to see, you know, just more and more people getting hired. We've had so many people get hired after being in Rev Genius and meeting people. And there's just so many feel good stories. Um, that's why I stick around so much. So it's lots of feel good love. 
I love it. It, it. And I think it's, it is, it's a cool feel good story where it's like people learning from one another, people helping each yeah. other and in times where people need help, right? Like it's just, it's a crazy time right now. And I think to be able to, um, and I think you got, I think there's a channel in there too, if I'm not mistaken, just really around like health and wellness and, and mental well-being, yeah. and, and people can just share tips or, or advice or just things they're going through. And it's been, you know, just sometimes reading toward it. And there's a, there's a gratitude channel, which I love, right? Like people yes. just be able to express some gratitude. So not only is it really good tactical sort of information but i think the way you put it as like your alt work family it's it's a really it's i don't want to call it a support group but like it's it's a real good you know group of people that can support you and help you you know through all this crazy unique adversity that's being thrown at us yeah and we have lots of impromptu zooms you know i tend to get on there in the morning and just drop something in before i start working and we'll have like morning coffee and breakfast together or you know, just lots of people connecting outside. Uh, and I think there's a lot of people I wouldn't have met. I mean, I'm the leadership team itself, Jared and uh, Galem and Anish and, you know, all the people who are just like raising their hands to volunteer time out of their day because they believe in the community. That's when you know you have something special. Uh, so I'm just excited to be a part of it. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's amazing. And I think it's going to be a big way of the future. I'm not surprised to see the, the crazy, the crazy growth that you guys are seeing. So congratulations on that. Um, Christina, this has been amazing. Like I said, I was super excited for this conversation. Uh, if people want to, you know, reach out, chat with you, learn more about you, learn more about Rev Genius, Interstellar, like where can people reach you? Yeah, Christina Finza on LinkedIn. Uh, any of the other social sites, I'm pretty open to. So at the Christina show is my handle everywhere. Uh, no, I do not have a show. If you connect with me, I'll explain it. But um, no, I'm not full of myself. It was a kitschy thing. But anyway, uh, so yeah, they can connect with me. I'm an open book. And uh, if they have questions, I'm happy to dive in and help anybody. So awesome. Christina, thank you again. This has been great. Thank you. I appreciate the time. Thanks for listening to Addicted to Growth. If you learn something new, don't be shy. Let people know. The best way to learn a new skill is to practice day in and day out. Go execute something you just learned this week with your community. Until next time.